It is Easter 2021, the day we celebrate the truth that our Savior is risen from the dead. Now think about that, all of our songs, the, the truth that our Savior is risen from the dead. He is alive, he is alive. I, all week long that's been running through my head. Uh, I wanna sing, he is alive, he is alive. Uh, Carrie asked me not to sing in church. Our Savior is alive. He is alive. He is alive. What does that mean? Really, what does that mean? We're celebrating it. We're singing it. Christ the Lord is risen today. What does that mean? Do you know what that means? Today our message is entitled, From Hopeless to endless hope, the reality of the resurrection. Listen to that again. Our message today is entitled, From Hopeless to Endless Hope, the Reality of the Resurrection. Our verses are in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It is a section of verses in which Paul is actually answering this question. What does it mean that he is alive? He's actually using these verses, this section, to tell us that answer. Today we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read today verses 3 and 4, and then verses 12 through 19. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 3 and 4, it says this, For I delivered to you as of first importance... What I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Moving down to verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we are so thankful we come and we praise you today. We worship you. We're thankful for hope that endures today. We're thankful for a foundation that is intact today. We're thankful for a Savior that is gracious and kind to us as sinners. We're thankful for a risen, resurrected Savior today. We celebrate you. Lord, I pray now as we begin to study your word, I pray that you would speak. And I pray it would be truly a supernatural event that you would speak through your living and active word, that's what you have said. I pray that you would convict us, that you would lead us, that you would direct us. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here and perhaps many that do not know you, I pray that in the 
preaching of the gospel, the good news that today they might find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that in all of this, everything we have done, everything we'll do today assembled, that you would be known and that you would be glorified. We tell you we love you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jesus is alive. Again, what does that mean? Jesus is alive. What does that mean to us? Very quickly this morning, let's go to our verses, and God himself is going to tell us in his word. Now, that's the awesome thing. This isn't my message I didn't craft it. God himself is going to answer through his word. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the context is there are some who are saying there is no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. Now, there are some that would say that in our age as well, perhaps many that might say that. But in this context, there are some that are saying there is no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. Now they're saying it is not logical. They're saying it is not plausible. And they're saying, get this, it is not necessary. And they are building a religious system that did not require an actual physical resurrection. So there's some that said, you know what, that's not believable. That's not plausible. That couldn't have ever happened. And so they're saying, you know what, we'll have a belief set that doesn't include an actual physical resurrection. So the teaching is, the mistruth is, there is no such thing as the actual, physical, historical resurrection. And that is creeping into the church. Those teachings are bleeding into the church. And so it is into that that Paul writes the 15th chapter. Now, he starts off, and he says this, the good news is this. The gospel is this. Now, that's the fitting place to start. The good news is this. Listen to verses 1 and 2. Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, that word means good news, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand. Verse 2 by which also you are saved. If you're saved, it's in embracing the gospel. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. And so he says, starting this discourse of the 15th chapter, here is the good news. Now we're gonna make a defense of the good news, but before that, you need to understand what is the good news. Verses three and four. <clears throat> For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here's the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, Paul says here very quickly in the third and fourth verse, the good news according to God himself according to God's word, is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus for sin. Today, there's a lot of discussion. What is the gospel? What is the good news? Well, understand, it's that simple. It is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus for sin. 
That is our good news. Now, let me make it plain to us this morning. We are sinners. All of us. We are sinners. In our sin, we are condemned. We are guilty. In our sin, we are under the sentence of death. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. In our sin, we are separated from God. Now understand, God is holy. He can have no part of sin. And so in our sin, we're separated from God. In our sin, we are hopeless. We have no hope in our sin. So here's the deal. As sinners, we need a savior for sin. We're condemned, we're guilty, we're under the sentence of death, we're separated from God, we have no hope of reconciliation with God, there's nothing we can do about it. And so the deal is, as sinners, we need a savior, we need a deliverer. Now be sure, we have no remedy for sin in ourselves. There's some that would like to believe that, there's some that would even teach that, but understand, there is nothing you can do, there is nothing I can do to remedy our sin problem. You cannot change enough. There's a lot of folks that have tried. You cannot do enough. You can't jump into a religious system. You can't attend church enough, memorize enough verses. There is nothing you can do. You can't impress God. We need a savior. Well, God sees our plight as sinners. He sees our hopeless condition as sinners, and God loves us. God loves us. I want you to hear that on Easter Sunday morning, 2021. God loves you. God loves you. God loves us. There is a growing movement that says you can't tell all people that God loves them. And they would say, you know, there's some folks that he hasn't decided to love. He doesn't love. And so you can't go around in all honesty, tell folks that God loves them. Let me tell you something today. I can tell you God loves you because in his word, he said he loves you. God loves us. How's he demonstrated? So 2,000 years ago, Jesus is born as a man. Our sermon from last week, he became a man. He humbled himself. He became a man to save men. He became a person to save people. As a person, he lives a life of no sin that he could offer himself for us. We have sinned. He lives a life of no sin that he could step in our place, that he could pay our penalty as the sinless Lamb of God. The lamb was the, was the sacrifice. Well, now he is the perfect lamb of God without sin that he could offer himself as our sacrifice. He is a person to save people. He is perfect to go in our place. 2,000 years ago, that perfect lamb of God, the savior that was sent from God, Jesus, born in Bethlehem, Jesus that hails from Nazareth. Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, is taken. He is falsely accused. 
He is beaten, the Bible says, beyond recognition. You could not tell the form of a man that he was. He is whipped across his back. He is slapped in his face. He is punched. He is spat upon. Not only that, he takes my sin, your sin, he takes my shame, he takes my guilt upon himself. The Bible says he actually becomes our sin. He carries his cross to Golgotha, a hill, the place of the skull. There he is stripped naked, and between two thieves he is stretched out, and nails are driven through his hands and through his shin bones, and he is crucified for sin. He is crucified in the stead of sinners. There on Calvary, God's wrath, God's anger towards sin, my sin, your sin, our rebellion, our our stupid pride, our selfish sin, God's anger towards that is poured out on Jesus. Now I want us to listen and I want us to understand this. Today as we smirk about sin, as we're flippant about sin, as we go through life and say, no, it's not that big of a deal. God will take care of it. As we're easy and flippant about sin, be sure and know today, Jesus dies for our sin. He suffers for our sorry sin. That was what happens on the cross. They pull him off the cross. He is dead. Cold dead. He is placed in the borrowed grave of a rich man. He is dead. Listen, actually, physically dead. Three days later, on the first day of the week, At early dawn, the Bible says, on our Easter Sunday, he having paid the price for sin, having satisfied God's wrath toward it, walks out of that grave and he stands as the risen lamb of God and he stands in victory and I wanna sing, he is alive, he is alive, he's alive, he is alive. He is alive. Folks, that's the good news. That's the good news. That's what Paul said. You want to know what the good news? It's the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus for sinners. He is alive. He is alive. That is good news. Well, what does that mean? Paul, because of the false teaching, in the 15th chapter goes on. He's told us what the good news is. Because of this heresy, because of this false teaching that has entered in, he goes further in the 15th chapter and he tells us the repercussions if Jesus is not alive. Well, it it doesn't, uh, some are saying it's not necessary. He is telling us the implications if Jesus is not alive. And in doing so, he's going to tell us what that means to us today. He is alive. What does that mean today? All right, let's see. Here we go back to the verses. Verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached... 
that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. He's saying, see what you're saying here. But if there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. Okay, here we go, verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. All right, the first implication is this. The first repercussion is this. If Christ is not alive, our preaching is vain. Vain is a word that that translates empty or hollow. It it is the idea that it appears to be something. Uh, It looks like something. In this case, it sounds like something, but there's no substance to it. When you get there, when you investigate it, it is actually empty. And so it looks like something, it it sounds like something, but when you get there, there's nothing to it. Paul says, if Jesus is not alive, our preaching is empty. Our preaching is vain. Very plainly, listen very carefully, it means this. If Jesus is not alive, listen very carefully, there is no message of hope. That's what it means. There is no message of hope. That's what it means if Jesus is not alive. I do not have any good news for you. In fact, no one has any good news for you because there is no good news. If Jesus is not alive, there is no message of hope. The verse says your faith also is vain. That means if you have put stock in that good news, if you've believed, had faith in that good news, it is for nothing as well. Folks, listen very carefully. If Jesus is not alive, we have no message to preach. If Jesus is not alive, we have no message to cling to in hopeless days. If Jesus is not alive, we have no purpose in the church. If Jesus is not alive, our pulpits are pitiful and powerless. If Jesus is not alive, there is no message of hope today. There is no good news. He goes on, verse 15. Moreover, in addition to, moreover, we're even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. I see this in verse 15, it's a big deal. Paul says, if Jesus is not alive, we're liars. Now I want you to notice that, that's what it says, we're false witnesses of God. We are liars if Jesus is not alive. It doesn't say we're misled. It doesn't say we've been duped. It doesn't say we've been tricked. It says we are liars if Jesus is not alive. However, I want you to see this today. It's more than that. Not only are those who proclaim the gospel liars, stay with me, if Jesus is not alive, listen, God himself is a liar. 
If Jesus is not alive, God himself is a liar. In Job chapter 19, verse 25, in Psalm chapter 16, verse 10, in Psalm chapter 49, verse 15, in Psalm chapter 22, the entire chapter, in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 and 11, God foretells of a resurrected Messiah. He foretells, he promises a Messiah that would be resurrected. Not only that, remember it was Jesus himself who said in Matthew chapter 12, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, so shall the son of man be. Remember, Jesus himself said he would be killed and he would be resurrected to live again. And so understand this morning, if Jesus is not alive, God is a liar. Now I want you to see the implications of that. If God is a liar, his word is not truth. If God is a liar, Jesus, he is not the truth. If God is a liar, he's not holy, he's not sinless. If he is a liar, he's not trustworthy, he's not faithful. If God is a liar, we can't believe what he says about creation. In fact, we can't believe anything he says by his own definition and by his own words. Very simply, if God is a liar, he is not God. Let's go on, verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. He's making that point, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Man, we need to listen to verse 17. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Your faith is worthless. It translates, it means this, a not, a zero. Your faith has no value. Well, what if it helps me get along, even if it's a false faith? What if it helps me move through life? Listen, here's what the Bible says. Your faith is worthless. It is nothing. It is of not. It is a zero. Why? Because he says this. You are still in your sin. Now I want you to remember back to the start of this whole deal. We need a savior for sin. Remember that, we need a savior for sin. That's the start of this. Remember in our sin, we are lost. In our sin, we are perishing. In our sin, we're separated from God. In our sin, we are guilty and condemned. And our good news as Christians is that we are saved by faith. That's what we hold to. That's what we love as Christians. We're saved by faith. Well, if Jesus is not alive, our faith is nothing, has no value. Let me spell that out. If Christ Jesus is not alive, we are doomed. Well, I built a big business. Well, I had a pretty good life with my family. Listen, if Jesus is not alive, we are ruined. That's the original language. We are destroyed. 
Because we are in our sin and because there's no remedy for our sin, listen, what that means is we will stand in God's wrath towards sin, his righteous anger towards sin, and we will pay our penalty ourselves, and we will be condemned to an eternity separated from God in a reality of hell. We are lost, we are doomed, we are destroyed if Jesus is not alive. Verse 18. Then, here we go, progressing through it. Then, those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. How heartbreaking. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Fallen asleep, it's a word, it's a picture really that means died. Those that have died in Christ that's referring to those that had trusted Christ, that had, had placed their eternity in the hands of Christ. They had trusted Jesus for their salvation. And so for those who have died in Christ, here's what it says. They have perished, have perished. That is actually one Greek word, have perished. It is in the past tense. It means it has already happened. The word perished means died, Destroyed. Now listen to this. Most literal translation, cut off by experiencing a terrible end. Cut off by experiencing a terrible end. As believers, we know death is terrible. We know it. We're sure of it. The Bible says the sting of death is sin. That's what the Bible says. We know death hurts to the core. We know of the separation of death. We know of the loss of death. And I'll just tell you, listen, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter the situation. We hate to stand by that casket. We hate to stand by that grave. We hate to go and pass by and visit that cemetery. We grieve over death. And yet we as believers know that God has made a provision for death Listen, that's the only way we make it. I don't know how somebody makes it without a faith in Jesus Christ. And it hurts us to our cores, but we have this hope in Jesus. And so we make it. And Paul says here, if Jesus is not alive, our loved ones that have died in Jesus, they are cut off. Listen, it is final, it is finished. They are destroyed. They have met their terrible end. We will not see them again. There's not gonna be a joyful day of reunion ahead. There is no relief coming for our hurting hearts. Death wins, death prevails, death covers and consumes us and all the while we wait on our own death. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Verse 19. <clears throat> if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we of, are of all men most to be pitied. He sums it up in verse 19. It all comes to a head in verse 19. For believers... If Jesus is not alive, we have no good news. 
If Jesus is not alive, our sermons, all of them are wasted. If Jesus is not alive, we're liars, we're deceivers. Worse than that, God himself is a liar. If Jesus is not alive, our foundation is gone. It is crumbled and it's washed away beneath us. If Jesus is not alive, we're doomed and we stand in our sin. There's no remedy. There's no, nothing we can do. If Jesus is not alive, death is our master. It's a weight that we can't bear. It's, 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 it's this terrible thing that we can't overcome, a, a fate that's coming for all of us. We stand in the darkness of death. It is our master. And verse 19 says, if Jesus is not alive, we are hopeless. That's what verse 19 says. If Jesus is not alive, we are hopeless. Of all people to be pitied, we are hopeless. You see today, be sure and do not make light of this. Be sure and understand this this morning. For believers, we have one hope for sin. Do you know that? We have one hope for sin. For believers, we have one hope for life. For believers, we have one hope in death. We have only one hope for salvation. As believers, we only have one hope, and it is in Jesus Christ, alive, resurrected from the dead. We don't have another hope. There's not a backup plan for us. There's not a fallback to turn to. We have one hope, and it's in a resurrected Savior, Jesus. And verse 19 says, and if Jesus is not alive, we are hopeless. <clears throat> Listen to me. Listen. Lean in. Friend, it is Easter 2021, and I have good news to preach. And our God is not a liar. And Jesus is the truth. You know what? He's also the way and the life. And we have a savior for sin. We have a remedy for lost sinners. And in death, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Listen, today we are not hopeless, but rather we have endless hope because listen to me very carefully. After three days in the tomb, according to the scriptures, on the first day of the week at early dawn, according to the scriptures, some of his followers came to anoint his body, bringing the spices which they had prepared according to the scriptures. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, in, went in and entered in, they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus according to the scriptures. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near in dazzling white clothes according to the scriptures. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? Get ready. Here's the testimony of scripture. He is not here. He has risen. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Our hope has endured. Our preaching's not in vain. Our Savior stands. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. Our promise remains, dear friend. Jesus is alive. One last question. So what does that mean to you? Is that a religious saying to you? Is that an Easter slogan to you? Is that the truth for you? I want to tell you this, listen, where I started. God loves you. God loves you. And in his tremendous great grace, he sent his only begotten son. And he has endured the cross of Calvary. He will not endure it again. He has paid the price and it is finished. And he stands as the risen, resurrected Savior. And if you would but trust him, the Bible says you will be saved. What's it to you? Let's pray. Mary, Father, we come. And with all I am, I'm so thankful for a risen Savior. I'm thankful in this cruddy, sorry, messed up world that I have a hope and a peace that the world can't take from me, can't give to me, can't even understand. I'm thankful that I have the forgiveness of my sin. I was stuck in it, nothing I can do, but Lord Jesus, you forgive, you forgave me. I'm thankful for a Savior that went and endured the cross for the joy set before him. But Lord, I'm thankful on this day that we celebrate a risen, resurrected Savior. The receipt is issued. Jesus stands in victory. Lord, we praise you today. And now I pray as we've heard this, I pray for those that do not know you in this day, in this hour, that they would turn to you, that they would cling to you, they would trust you for their salvation. Their only hope. I pray for us here that our believers, as we've heard this again, I pray that, Lord, that we would be recommitted. I pray, Lord, that we'd be refreshed. I pray we'd be renewed. I pray we'd walk out into a, a dying world going into chaos, but we would go out with a spring in our step, Lord Jesus, because you are risen. Lord, I ask that you would work in our minds and in our hearts. Again, I pray for some that don't know you to, to know you in this day. Lord, remove any barriers. Pray for your church to glorify you in this day. And I pray that in every piece of it, your name's been known and lifted up. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.